Hey everybody, welcome to episode 75 of the Is That Normal podcast, and today we want to learn you real good on how to teach your kids. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, for those of you who don't speak fluent uh, hillbilly, uh, <laughs> southwest Missouri language, uh, let, let me translate that for you. You know, We here at Is That Normal podcast really want to help educate you with biblical content and uh, relational principles to help you raise your children to follow Jesus and to be just generally good humans and so so that's you have your language i have mine (laughs) that's right (laughs) Uh, but today we're we're gonna talk particularly about education itself that is right you know and for many students our area when uh, this podcast airs uh it is going to be the day that they go back to school and so we thought this was just a great time to talk a little bit about the importance of education maybe how to approach that and help help our kids with that so randall did you look more forward to the first day of school or the last day of school when you were in? Um, yes. Yeah, okay. That's <laughs> so, so I was yeah. always excited when, when school, when start of school came around. Yeah. Um, I really did enjoy school. Uh, but by the time, you know, it was starting to get warm weather and, you know, but really by about February, March, I, I was, I was ready for, for Looking summer. Out the door. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. but, but I really did enjoy school. So what, what kind of things did you enjoy about school? Um, I was one of those weird kids. That I love like reading history, um, you know, anything in, in that realm. I was a big fan of lunch. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I did was you bring always, your lunch or did you have school lunch? I had school lunch. Oh, yeah. I was school yeah. lunch all the way. Square right pizza. Yeah. Best yeah. thing ever. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I really enjoyed anything kind of in his, history and English were, were kind of my two things. And so I was, uh, especially as I got older, I was he- heavily involved in like yearbook and newspaper staff. And um, actually, I went to junior high in Lebanon, and there, um, our teacher there was a MU journalism graduate who had done a lot of different things. And so she was very uh, interested in and really heavy on teaching how to how to write and do journalism. And so she took us to like all these competitions and like at MU and and different places and. So it was a neat experience. That's so I really right. loved that that part of it. Yeah, that's very good. So, so how would you describe yourself as far as a student when you were in school? Uh, I would say I was I was a good student. I I always got good grades, um, and my problem was was really more at times like test taking was always something that just I was pretty mm. good at. Yeah, um, yeah. Where I struggled was sometimes homework and things like that because I knew I could like I knew I could do fine on the test <laughs> and so so putting in the work to get there. in between yeah, to get there absolutely. sometimes was probably my, my biggest yeah, struggle yeah. and I, again I'm, I'm I have similar story to that <laughs> yeah and uh, and was able to get by just on yeah ability to think quickly and remember things well yeah. and, um, and and but yeah but I wanted to succeed as well I, I wanted sure. to do well and so so it did have to put some effort in here and there and uh, but but what's interesting is is you know even knowing that knowing that I was a, a pretty good student at least from <laughs> outward appearances at that point um, I think now, about this a lot like you know if only I could go back the things that I would do differently as a student so so how about you what kind of student do you think you would be now if you went back to school um wow Uh, I would definitely be probably a little more disciplined and um some of some of the things that I didn't think were as important then as you know I later found out and may and maybe even vice versa there's some things I probably put a lot of time and focus into that that in in the long run weren't maybe weren't as important um you know just thinking specifically for me the one thing I know in high school that hurt me a lot was 
Um, when I got to my junior year, I took my ACT. Um, math was always the thing that I just did not like. Um, yeah. I had to put, I could do it, but I had to put more effort into it. And yeah. so um, when I got to the end of my junior year, I had enough math credits. So I did not take calculus and did not take a math class at all my senior year. And that really hurt my ACT score when yeah. I took it my senior year versus yeah. it actually went down for my junior year. Everything else went up, but the math went down so much because I, <laughs> it, yeah. and so, so, you know, some things like that, that, that I would look back on and probably do differently. Right. Yeah. You know, I know for me, um, looking back, I think I would have taken more time to actually learn things rather than just try to do the test necessary to yeah. get the grade, you yeah. know, and that's a big difference in how I view things. And a lot of that is because I think we both know, um, uh, just because of the way life is, because of, I believe, what God's called us to be and, and you know, and numerous other factors, we need to be lifelong learners. And yeah. and a lot of that has little to do with checking off the right boxes to get mm-hmm. a score and a lot more on the skills to actually own and synthesize information. Yeah. And, and so because of that, you know, one of the things I've tried to do with my kids, one of the things we've tried to do with our youth group, and, and something we kind of want to talk about today is how do we help kids today gain the skills and the philosophy to become lifelong learners in the future. Well, welcome back to the Is That Normal podcast. And uh, we want to connect and, and hear your stories as well. Um, and you can do that through several different channels. You can do that through Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. Um, but... Today, you know, we're talking about education. So, so my question is, are we going to are we going to give like the top ten ways for your kids to have like, like genius level IQ, straight A's, and perfect ACT scores? Is that because if I, so, I wish I, think I had this that. podcast could go viral. That's right. I wish I had that list, but uh, but no, definitely that's I've not got that mastered for myself or for <laughs> any of my kids. Uh, that is for sure. Uh, but that's not exactly our goal. You know, some of those metrics you just talked about, uh, those those should be uh, some of those are just you know, factors of lots of things, sure. but, 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 you know, getting good grades and doing well in school should be a symptom of being a good learner, you know, so, yeah. so that, that, uh, that's, and that's really kind of the goal we want to talk about. You know, I know for us, um, you know, as we've raised our children, as I've tried to influence youth in our, in our church, you know, my goal is, is for them to own their, their education and their beliefs and their worldview and, and to, to not just repeat what's being told them, but to have a deep intrinsic knowledge of that. And you know, one of the things that for Shannon and I, um, that has been a big kind of guiding statement that we heard early on when we um, you know, were trying to figure out how to educate our children uh, is, is we don't really want to fill a bucket. You know, a lot of what we've looked at, I think, is education is here's, here's a pile of information, put that in your bucket, look at it and then give it back to me. And, you know, and so it's a re- repetition of information. And, and there's a point in education, we'll talk about this in a minute, there's a point in education where that's a part of the process yeah. to learn. Uh, but ultimately, the end goal is not just that you've made sure you put all the right things in your bucket, but that you have lit a fire under your children that, that has a passion for learning. And, and, yeah. and that's, that's a completely different goal yeah. than, than having a certain score at the end of the day. That's right. that, and, and I think that lighting a fire is what's going to make us successful in our faith, yeah. uh, in our life, in our relationships, in our work. 
at whatever that is as we head towards the future. So that's really what we've tried to do yeah. with our kids. So that's geared more towards kind of the process rather than the right. destination. Right, absolutely. So, so yeah. how what, what can help us light that fire that you're talking about? Yeah, you know, the interesting thing is, is as we, uh, Shannon and I did a lot of research on this uh, when our kids were little, um, the number one factor that is going to contribute to your children doing well in their education is parental involvement. Hmm. Um, we, you know, in our path, we, we went through a long path of, of different things, and, and eventually, we uh, we decided to homeschool our children. And one of the things that impacted that the most was uh, we heard a a, a, a talk, a, a speech from a professor from Ball State University. His name is Dr. Jay Weil, and uh, and Dr. Weil said that he noticed uh, over a couple of semesters that as he uh, looked at the top 10% of his classes that a majority of that top 10% were kids who had been homeschooled. And he was like, well, that's that's weird. And so so he went around and asked other people in other departments, and they all said, yeah, yeah, that's that's true. I, I have mm-hmm. the same experience. And he was like, well, why? You know, like, yeah. like what are they doing? Like, what what's the magic pill there, right? And so he went on this crazy, like, nationwide study and, and research. And what he did is he researched standardized tests, and, uh, and, and what he found out that is interesting is that for children who are homeschooled, their average score on standardized tests, you know, when you think about the percentile ranking mm-hmm. in the whole nation, was almost always 80% or above. Whereas nationwide, nationwide average on public school is 50%. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, uh, but then he dug into that deeper and he found out that even in the public school setting, if, if you add in the factor that they had involved parents, that the number went up, went back up mm. to that that eighty yeah. percent or so of those kids did you know really well at their standardized tests, and so through all of that, he he gleaned that the number one factor of kids doing well on those standardized tests was parental involvement, and you know for us, I mean the 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 theory is is that if you're homeschooling, you'll have a hundred percent parental <laughs> True, involvement. Yes, but but even in the public school setting, if you have parents who are engaged, you know, spending time with their kids, invest in their mm-hmm. education you can see similar results in yeah. it, but parental involvement is the number one factor of, of seeing your kids be successful. So, so what, do, what does that look like? What kind of involvement are you talking about for parents? Yeah. So that, that's several things. You know, I, I think it starts off with uh, just being open for conversation, you know, just, just making sure that you are, are creating that space where you're talking to your children about their education. You're, you're asking about their education. You're, um, you know, on top of what they're learning and, and, and more than just like, did you get your, homework done, you know, do you know your spelling words, like, like that whole concept of like, well, what are you excited about? And, and what, yeah. what is, what is it about what you're learning that fascinates you? And what do you, what, what do you wish you knew more about? And, and really, really going past the content into the, the heart of our kids. And, and as we do that, I think what we're going to do by asking questions, we're going to teach them to ask good questions. Yeah. And so, uh, so we're, we're going to reflect to them this, this idea that, that you know, when I'm reading something, it's not just about memorizing this. It's about what does this make me want to know more about? What is? Mm-hmm. How does this connect to other parts of my life? And teaching them to think those yeah. critical type of, of thinking skills. Um, you know, for us, we've really ascribed to the classical education model, which which that's that's a formal term in education. Which classical education uh, comes from Greek, the old Greek education philosophy, where you, know, you start a kid out with grammar and facts. You know, it's kind mm-hmm. of a rote memorization, and 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 at early ages, you know, uh, that's what kids need. They're a sponge, and so right. you're teaching them words, and you're teaching them numbers, and you're teaching them arithmetic, and and those are just things, man. You throw them at them, they they absorb that, regurgitate it to you until they've got it down. 
then we then we move kids as they're kind of in that late elementary middle school age to what we call logic which is where they start putting those pieces together well this is how numbers and letters and and history and all these things kind of yeah. correlate so, so we start putting those pieces together but what we need to get them to in those in that late middle school and the high school is what they call rhetoric which is critical thinking skills mm. and, and i know for me that's been one of the biggest challenges uh, particularly with uh, teaching high school youth at our church is that kids are not trained to have that critical thinking skill mm, yeah. and so when we're asking them deep questions about the relationship with god we're asking them deep questions about you know what their future is going to look like with how they're going to handle their relationships you know, they want you to give them the answers so they can give it back to you. Yeah. And that's why we get those Sunday school answers. Like, you know, sure. what's the answer? Jesus is the answer. But but we've got it. We've got to get them to where they have that critical thinking skill. Yeah. And know? and have you found, is there a difference? I mean, as long as you've been doing youth, youth ministry for, for several years mm-hmm. now. So do you see a difference now versus 15 years ago? I, you know, honestly, I think kids are more open to questions now than they were 15 years ago. Um, and I don't know all the factors in that. You know, I, I ponder whether it's because uh, kids are becoming more and more autonomous on the way they learn because of mm-hmm. uh, technology and media. Yeah. Um, you know, just that that diversity and that ultimate optionality. Kids can be off studying like some, you know, really obscure corner of whatever they're interested in. Mm-hmm. And I think they've done that more. And so I think they've learned how to make those connections. And so at least upper level logic, yeah. I think maybe on the rise uh, because they've had to figure out how to navigate that and figure yeah. out what connects to each other. Um, and and so so I, th- I think that's good. I think that's positive. But, but we as parents have got to monitor and guide that because sure. I know what tends to happen is they do that alone in a room and next thing you know they're off in the dark web and you're like, yeah. well, like what are they, what are they learning over there right <laughs> so yeah so so we've got to be there to kind of guide what what they do with that skill yeah because yeah. because you know information we've talked about this before information is there's so much more available at mm-hmm. So much more accessible than than it's ever been before. So yeah. so really, like you said, you you can pretty much find information, good, bad, right, or wrong. Exactly. <laughs> Anywhere. Exactly. Yeah, at, and, at and that's time. it too. Is is figuring out how to discern what is true, which that's a probably a whole nother podcast. Yeah. But but yeah, that yeah. How, how do you know that what you're consuming is accurate? That's a that's a big big yeah. piece of that. So so mm-hmm. so how do we how do we accomplish some of those things that you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. So you know. Uh, one thing we've tried to do that's been very successful in our own home uh, and, and with youth to some degree is give them good engaging materials um, and have them available. Uh, so for us, you know, some of those things look like live books. That's a term we use at our house. So we uh, we tend to try not to read a lot of like compiled textbooks and reference books. We want to we want to read books that are written by the people who experience those things. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, one really like big example for me is um, All Quiet on the Western Front, which uh, is, is in our kids' reading curriculum in their high school, and it is written by a, a German World War I veteran about their experience in the war and on the field. Mm. And, and it was it's just really, every one of my kids who've read that book go, that is one of the most like challenging and useful books I've ever read because it's a the other side's perspective. Yeah. Uh, of of a story that we think we know everything about and uh, and just so so and you can't discredit because it's an eyewitness right. account you know and so 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 that that has been a good tool so we, we read lots of books by old dead people uh, to kind of help us give you know a variety of, of perspectives uh, we also try to just have 
and we have those books out. Like if you go to my house, there's books out all the time. Yeah. And there's also uh, paper. We go through reams of paper because my kids love to draw and write and cut them up and make paper monsters out of them. And you know, and so yes. so just give them tools to explore. Um, another tool that has just been one of the weirdest and, and coolest is we, we have a lot of like field guides around. And like So one of the books that my kids have used the most is the North American Wildlife Guide. Yeah. And every one of my kids, that my book is like just like all like mangled and the covers off because I, you'll find my kids out in the yard or in the in my barn oh, yeah. or whatever with that book identifying plants and bugs and animals and then they'll get paper out and they'll draw pictures of it and mm, and, yeah. and 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 they just love learning and they have that tool to learn more about things that they're experiencing yeah. and I think that's really a lot. Uh, of what that is. You know, we, we keep cookbooks around. One of the things we do is we like look for recipes from other cultures and my kids will make the food and, oh, yeah. you know, and that's fun. Um, you know, we, we've used robot kits and ex we've got, you know, stuff to do experiments with. And so just basically creating the tools out there for them to learn when, when mm. they want to know something more. Uh, but the other part of that, I think that's just as important as having good resources is having margin in their time and their mind in order to get bored enough and curious enough to go do those things. Mm, yeah. And so, so that uh, part of that, that's what we as parents, we've got to provide those resources and then we've got to give them a schedule that allows them both free time, but to pull back from some of the easy distractions so yeah. they get bored enough to go explore. So, so that's yeah. been a lot of what we've tried to do. And, and that's interesting because probably now more than ever, you know, we talk about the advantages of technology. Sometimes mm -hmm. that can be a little bit of a disadvantage because there's always something to do and something to have to, to right. kind of disconnect with. But but you're saying boredom is not necessarily a bad thing. Boredom um, is necessary for curiosity, which is yeah. necessary for learning. Yeah. I mean, all the all the like people we think are the smartest people who wrote all these things and discovered, you know, Newton and, yeah. you know, Leonardo da Vinci and all these people, you know, it was because they didn't have a whole lot else to do and they got around they're just sure. sitting there staring at bugs and plants and trees and yeah. they're like i wonder what makes that work and then they dug further and yeah and, th and that's how that process starts so, so i i mean i think that's an important important point to take away is you know not that not that that means there's not a time for screen time and things like that yeah, but but absolutely. but building in some of that time of you know sometimes my, my sometimes kids your will kids will complain about being bored yeah. but but they need that time to to figure out something to do and yeah. that's where that innovation and that that creativity comes in yeah that's my great. kids will fight you to the death if you try to take away their you know we've got a three o'clock hour where they get to do whatever you know whatever yeah. within reason whatever they want on their <laughs> on their devices you know they get screened sure. up for an hour or so yeah uh, that kind of fluctuates but then we also have an hour where there's no devices yes. get turned in and and there's nothing really on your schedule so yes. go do something go that's ride right. a bike go Jump off of something. Hey, go climb yeah. something. Jumping yeah. your bicycle off of something never would have happened if it weren't for boredom. So. That's exactly right. Yeah, no. super cross would have never <laughs> happened. <laughs> BMX wouldn't be a thing. That's right. right? Yeah. So, so what are some of the next steps for parents who who are maybe yeah. looking at how how they can start doing some of these things? Yeah, I, I think it starts with finding out what your kids are interested in. You know, and again, that's creating space to sit down with them and talk to them about what's going on, both in their formal education and then just in their their own interests and. 
you know, just gleaning, you know, well, what are you excited about? Like, what, what was the neatest thing that you've learned this week? Like, you're like, what, if you had time and all the resources in the world, what would you learn more about this week? And, uh, and then when they do that, you know, engage them, whether it's providing for them a way to do that study or maybe learning it with them or doing it with yeah. them. I think that's really important. Again, creating that parental involvement, teaching them how to explore deeper. Um, then I think making good time to ask questions about their education. I, I think that needs to be on your schedule. Like, and they need to know that and you need to know mm -hmm. that at these times we're going to sit down and I want to hear about what's going on with your formal schooling Yeah. and, and make sure that we do that. And and that takes mm -hmm. a little bit of effort beyond how was your day when you pick yes, your kid up for school or when they walk in the door. It does. You have to have some pre-planning to do yeah. that. You have to think about, you know, what, how, what you're going to ask, what you need to know, what you expect from yes. them. Yes. Cause so, I, so it I've, takes some time. I've met very few kids, especially teenagers that when you say, how was your day? Are going to expand beyond a one-word answer? Absolutely, so you, yeah, you got to yeah. ask the right questions. And, and that's the thing too. We've talked about this before: asking questions and building rapport. Uh, it may not go great the first time. They yeah. may they may either give you the one-word answer, uh, and that's it, until they get irritated, until you buzz off. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, I mean, those things will happen. But but don't give up. Yeah, you know, regroup, come up with a new plan, hit attack it again. I mean, I yeah. think we just have to be in there and doing that. Um, and then lastly, you know, find other voices that help you. I mean, again, that's that's one of the reasons we do this is, yeah. you know, none of the things I'm sharing is my own ideas. It's stuff I'm gleaning from other voices and lots of experience and lots of failed moments <laughs> where I'm like, well, that didn't work. Let's yeah. try this. And so, you know, um, so find voices. And, and one I just sure. want to recommend to you, this has been one person that's been a voice for Shane and I as we've uh, thought through educating our kids is Sally Clarkson and she actually some of her family are also involved in what she does but uh, she's an author um, her daughters are also authors uh, she has a podcast uh, every week called at home with Sally which we'll put links to this in our notes to this episode um, but but this is a, a book of hers that I really recommend it's a pretty quick easy read it's called Awakening Wonder and, and she just talks a lot about what we're talking about today, about, about the philosophy of how we want to see our kids' education go. Uh, and again, that could be whatever your setting is. Uh, it doesn't yeah. have to be homeschooling. It doesn't have to be public schooling. It, 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 it's just really us investing in our kids. And, and, and I just want to read a couple of things she said in there because she says, Each child has individual fingerprints, unique DNA, and a distinct personality accompanied by particular references and drives. When a parent learns to look deeply into her child's makeup and sympathizes with his unique design, they can develop an ability to open the child's heart, mm. which is, I think, really, I mean, yeah. that's our goal. Isn't it? We want to get beyond surface. We want to get to the heart of our kids. And so she says this about her philosophy of that. She says, uh, consequently, uh, what we did would not work in exactly the same way for another family. Education is not about enacting a prescriptive box sort of curriculum based classroom, but instead is about passing on a legacy of a love for learning and independent joy and discovery, a motivation to bring light, beauty and goodness back into the world of our children. And I just don't think you could say it much better yeah. than that. <laughs> Very good. Well, as we wrap up today, our two takeaways. The first is to maybe check out some of this content by Sally Clarkson, the podcast or the book that you mentioned. And mm -hmm. um, I'm, I assume we'll put some links Absolutely. links to that, yeah. that stuff on there. And the second is just learn something with your kids. Um, maybe, maybe that starts with just asking some of those deeper questions and figure out, you know, what, what they are learning and... and um, so maybe just doing something with them. Absolutely. So. Yeah. Learning together. Yeah, Absolutely. Right. All, right. Yeah, all right. Be, Be abnormal. abnormal.